What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Brendan Burns. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. Interesting week so far this week. Yeah. Got yeah. some unexpected news. Yeah. It's a, a sad week, really. You yeah. Know, like one of our buddies passed away at 40 years old from a heart attack. Yeah. Like the guy that was getting life and, you know. He's crushing it. Yeah, crushing it. So shout out to John Bartolo, like rest in peace. It was, uh, yeah, shock to hear. And, and you were just down there on his podcast with him recently. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The beginning of the beginning of the month. Yeah, great dude. One of the best um, networkers I've ever met in my entire life. Like, yeah. I don't know how the guy, like, he sent me 10 texts a week. We talked three times a week, and I know he probably did that with a thousand people. <laughs> like, he was a, fucking amazing. That dude was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. He had a wide web. Yeah, just a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It really kind of made me look at everything because he's 40 I'm 4 from 40 right? I'm 36 turn 37 next month and you're 42 43 44 next week 44 44 next week yeah. so I remember when my dad kind of got to an age when Buddy started to die of heart attacks and he was in that age bracket and that's kind of where I'm at and where you're at as well It's that's a scary place yeah, it's one of those things like I, I guess I've always thought you can't feel sorry for somebody that, you know, was doing everything they wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, that's the way I've always looked at it. Like, I mean, if I die tomorrow, like, no, don't shed a tear for me. Like, life has been good. And, uh, you know, I think John was living that way as well. And so that's, that's just a way to live your life. And um, you never know. I mean, it's, it's the one thing that is, the, you know, it's coming for all of us, you know. It's, we're all going to die. Discriminate. Yeah, it's going to happen. And I've lost a few really close friends, and it's always a shock, um, especially when they're young like that. And, yeah. you know, John's situation, like, yeah, just just shocking. So just, just one of those things. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, man, he was a great friend and nice, just a good human being. Yeah. So it's uh, well, sad, sad it, to see one of those guys go. Yeah. In my, in my short experience, because, John and I only crossed paths in, I want to say it was in December. Yeah. You know, right right after I went out and cooked for, um, who do you call it, for, uh, I went out and cooked for Volcourts and Firearms. Yeah. And John had heard about me because I was down on the sheep capture with you and you were talking to him. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned me and then he had heard that I was also going out with Scott and then that connected all the dots and I ended up going down there in the short time that I got to spend with him uh, the impact that he made on me was monstrous you know just in his friendship his kind his kindness everything that he had going on and how he w- how he was with people you know the way he treated people was bar none you know 
Yeah, he's a great tier. guy. And, <clears throat> and a funny guy, like he had a funny way to bu- <laughs> he had a funny way to bust your balls. Is that Boston? Yeah. Yeah, he just he was just yeah, just a just a great dude. And yeah, he'll be he'll be uh I'll miss getting those calls at two like just randomly all the time, like yeah. bro. Yeah. That's that's how he started everyone. Bro. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. You can hear it, and you can see his yeah. smile too. Yeah, yeah. like so. Yeah. And the conversations I've had about him in the last week, every conversation, I can I can hear his voice. I can hear his like his specific mannerism, and then see the smile on his face and and his eyes. You know, yeah. like. Yeah, he was funny because he always he always said "love you, bro," and, he, and I was like, I know he did it because it made me uncomfortable. Like, and he just leaves you hanging. Like, like when you know, first of all, I'm not a big, not a big love you guy. Big I affection probably, probably should be better at that. But uh, one day, one but, day, but he'd Bernie, always like, work into that. But he'd always be like, "Love you, bro," and it's like, and it's like, you bastard. Now you got like, how do you respond to that? It's like he did it because it made you. It made it awkward for me, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah, like I said, just a. Just a bum deal, man. Just yeah. one of those things where you go, like, yeah, I hate, I've had three friends just out of the blue that, like, which is, I feel is more than normal. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, it's always a shocker when it's something that, like, yeah. like that. And, well, yeah. for me, like, death has been a weird part of my existence in the last 17 years since I got sober. And primarily because when you're dealing with drug addiction and alcoholism, which, I'm going to definitely say what happened with John had absolutely nothing no, to do with no. drug addiction or alcoholism. No. Um, but for me, I think your phone's no. light now. Um, for me, being inside that wheelhouse and inside that realm, as someone who was getting sober, uh, dealt with death all the time. You know, and, and new guys would come in and they'd be trying to get sober and then they'd go back out and they'd OD. Or they'd, you know what I mean? And death is just a very interesting part of life that there is no stopping to it and you know the the amount of people that i saw and they would get sober and they'd stay sober and they'd maintain sobriety for three five six ten years fifteen years and they'd go back out for a night and they'd od and die in one night you know and it's like you know, it's does just, discriminate, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about that stuff, but I, yeah, I, I, I see it, and you see how it affects people. And uh, anyways, yeah, they. Uh, <clears throat> it's a weird deal to mm-hmm. to deal with, especially when you know it's so final, and there's always things you wish you would have said or or should have made or, one more phone call. Or, yeah, and I guess yeah. I mean, like you said, you just there's stuff you miss. Like I, I guess I generally look at my bow hunting mentor died through. Uh, in the spring of 2018, I was three really close friends in, in 2018 in about four months. And, uh, and yeah, we did every, you know, like he was, he was 76 and it was, his name was Ray Alton. And, and we, uh, we had just booked a sheep hunt to go to Kyrgyzstan. It was going to be his last sheep hunt. And he went in to get, uh, have the doctor test him for di- so he could take Diamox and they discovered cancer and it just like wrecked him in 20 days. It was just like, he oh my it God. just, just super fast. So you, you, uh, there's just things when it's just like, you just, you know, especially when you just, you just miss people sometimes, you know, like you just miss them. Like it's always shocking when people die, but like really close people, like you just, you just miss them, yeah. you know? So yeah, one of those things with, so, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, we, like John and I went, uh, we did, I hung out with them for two days 
And then uh, he took me over to the UFC. <laughs> and it was like, you want to talk about a guy that's just connected. Everybody liked him, like walked right in the door. Well, we're, le- we're pulling into the parking lot. And I mean, I'm talking like the security guys, the secretaries, every, the, like he just knew everybody and dropping donuts off or whatever. We're pulling into the UFC PI, which is their uh, performance institute. And you know when you're with somebody that's connected, like they always say, oh, I'll take you over there or whatever. Like Dana White's leaving the UFC PI in a Ferrari. In a, in a Ferrari mm-hmm. And sees John and I pull in. And he freaking whips that thing around. What's up, man? Like, then they had that Boston connection <laughs> yeah. and jumped out and came over and went in with us. And he had a run, but it was just, it was a super cool thing. And I was like, I'm sure he had a thousand relationships like that. Like, that was just who the guy was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just going to miss the dude. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. So, we're discovering right now that Brendan Burns actually has feelings. Oh, I got plenty of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of, I mean, lots of good friends and you just hate to see when they go, you know, like, like, yeah. you know, I, I feel like if you have a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it makes you a bit reflective and it's always something that just kind of takes your breath away. Yeah. It so. was, I mean, when I got the phone call, whatever that was Sunday morning, I was, I mean, I thought it was a joke, you know, cause I'd been on the, I was on the phone earlier in the week with Scott and we were talking and, and he was missing John's call on the other line and we're both joking at John's expense and Scott and John are texting back and forth and we're writing the narrative of what the texts are saying, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't even know where I was going with that, but. It's just, it's rough, man. Yeah. You know, he's not it's, there to joke with anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, like, not the, not there to. The jokes were good. Yeah, yeah, he could bust balls, so that's pretty, <laughs> pretty good dude. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, I mean, when you went down there, you were going down there. You were talking about conservation direct. You were talking about what's going yeah. on with you and. Yep everything like that which that was a very exciting episode i i sat down and tuned in and watched that yeah, was pretty cool us. to talk about you and yeah he was always <laughs> i was busting balls yeah that was fun but there's been a lot i mean this year was a huge year for conservation direct yep and for what you've been doing you took over an entire state's fund um for their bighorn sheep uh projects and everything that they were doing and it was quite a success. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. We, uh, um, it's been a few years in the works, obviously, during the COVID thing. I had actually been in the works since uh, early part of 20. And uh, I was just looking for the next big project. And actually, um, a guy named Darren Tucker, who's a, a game warden in the Arizona Game and Fish, called me out of the blue. And he goes, hey, would you be interested in doing a project in Arizona? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And uh, I had a meeting the next week with... Uh, then um, and, and like I just gotta say, like Arizona has some really great biologists, great people at Game and Fish, great people that are that are being very progressive with their sheep program and 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 pretty aggressive with it. Like they're 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 making moves and they're doing things that are you know these things they have long term impact. But it seems like the more you do, the more long term impact you have. I mean, they have a lot of sheep hunting opportunities that have been and, and water projects and all that kind of stuff that are producing more ultimately hunting opportunities is what we're trying to promote you yeah. know protect preserve or 
or create new hunting opportunities. That's the whole, that's the whole goal. So, uh, yeah, we had a meeting a week later and they had, they had said, well, here's these, here's these five projects that we're thinking about doing. Would you like to do one of them? And I was like, I was like, well, I'll take them all. Like I, I can raise the money. I'm not worried about raising the money. I mean, the, the one beautiful thing about this conservation direct idea is that, um, our customers and friends and people like, like raising the money is, I, I, I didn't even fathom how, how the access I would have to money and the people that care and just ultimately people just want to see where their money goes. Mm-hmm. Like they want to see where their money goes. And that's the beauty of what I, what I, we've been able to create is this, is this total transparency. Your check grows directly towards the place where it's going. And then dude, you want to show up and put your hands on some sheep and see where they're going? Like, that's your money at work. You want to, you want to buy a, you want to buy a collar for sheep? Yeah. 2000 bucks. We put your name on it. Take a picture with that's your collar within three days is sitting on it is, is on a sheep and giving data, you know? So, um, yeah, we, I just said, yeah, I want like, can I take it all? And then we're like, geez, you know, we've never had anybody ask. We've never had, like that. They, they were just blown away and they, they, they almost didn't understand right off the bat. Like, how was this thing going to work? Like, why would you do this? And you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> as as conservation direct has progressed um i guess the easiest way to say it is like listen we're, we're a very successful business we make a lot of money we i feel like and we feel like that our customers expect us to be doing good things with that money mm-hmm. i mean it's a it's a very successful business and and we rely on our customers and and it's a got a rabid fan base and following and um but ultimately like you know i i what are you going to do with the money? You know, are you going to do some good with it too? Like making money is great, but like, are you going to do some good? So they, they were just blown away that, and, and it was really simple. And, and, uh, I want to do a couple of different things on this project. I wanted to bring a couple other companies involved just to show that we could, um, we could work with other people like uh, the, Leopold the, Wild yeah, Society. Yeah. It's super fluid. You know, the first one we did was just exclusive. It was us. It was us and customers. This one, yeah, I brought in uh, Leupold. And I, I, it, it was cool because I called Bruce out of the blue. And I was like, hey, I got this project going on. You want to be a part of it? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Done. And then uh, my buddy Jeff at, at Wild Society, which is, uh, and this was pretty cool because it's a, it's a new company. It's a coffee company right now. They're, they're making coffee and a beverage company and i think they got some other things but they they donated to this project before they even had a single product that they ever sold they're, they're just starting to ship their product right now mm-hmm. and i just thought you know that's right in my wheelhouse like somebody that's going to start in conservation they're, they're going to be in conservation or i guess conservation deficit like they've given money and haven't made a dime they've yet. given money before <laughs> they made a dime they are starting off uh not in deficit like yeah. in the plus i mean they're starting off before they have ever made a dime, they've already donated a significant amount of money to conservation because it's always like, oh, we're going to give 10% when it's all done. Well, like nobody ever follows up with that. This is before they even sold a product. So that was that was pretty awesome. And then um, I just called Arizona Desert Big Orange Sheep Society, uh, Brad Remfrey, and he, uh, I said, hey, can you act as the bank? I just you know want to make sure that this donation goes straight to Arizona Game and Fish. And and uh we made it really simple like um, we basically sent four big checks to uh to uh adbss and they uh they took us straight to you know was the total project we moved we moved 82 sheep in five separate transplants um to and then the entire project cost 164,000 bucks and that was rockies and deserts yep yep uh 30 rockies and uh 
52 deserts. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was a couple supplemental, there were supplemental transplants. Um, and I would say new pioneering transplants, they would put them in the edge of mountain ranges that don't have any sheep now, but connect to where their sheep are. And so they're just trying to expand the range. And that's, that's pretty exciting. And so, yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome project, four times, flew down there. Uh, I guess I went down there three times. It was in the, the middle of hunting season. So it was the only one negative on the whole project was like, geez, middle of November. Like, can't we do it in January? I'll live down here, but no, it was cool. And they, they, you know, brought in the big gun, you know, big, big yeah. ships to go, you know, capture all the sheep and had a bunch like a ton of volunteers again, you know, customers that showed up and, um, yeah, it was just an amazing project and just shows that like, Hey, this thing's got, this thing's got wings and, and uh, and just another thing, it was the first time uh, the private sector's ever taken over the entire state budget for a cheap transplant. And, and it worked uh, out. Yeah, done. You know, done yeah. deal. And so, uh, yeah, we're working on some other stuff, some other stuff um, that are, there's some big stuff coming. And yeah, it was just, it was just super successful. It was like, there's, there's so few things in life that are just win-win all the way around. And that was, you know, um, and I didn't. Like I knew the impact that it has when you can offset a state budget, you know, that it's a pain in the ass for them to write grants and to dig that money up and it comes from licenses. But, um, Josh Avey, who's the, um, I he's number two at, at Arizona game and fish. He, he really broke it down for me and like, yeah, it's $164,000 for sheep, but like what they have, I, I can't remember what he told me, 3000 other species, you know, these little frogs and turtles and, all you know, kinds lizards of and all that kind of stuff. He's like the 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 money that uh, that one hundred sixty four thousand dollars frees them up to do other projects that that frankly aren't that sexy and aren't and, and need to be done. And it's more water. And they aren't projects budgeted and, for because yeah, they're a lesser species. Yeah. They're not as people yeah. aren't as worried about that. Yeah, people don't know? care about you know, and and they got some Merns quail projects and a bunch you know stuff that. You and know, now there's funding for it. Yeah, it's not stuff that I have a huge passion for or know about, but it's cool that they're going to do it. So that offsets it. It's a win for everything else that's involved. Well, and how neat is that, the umbrella of conservation, where Conservation Direct steps in and takes care of an yep. enormous part of a budget. And now they can actually send out 25000 here, 75000 there, you know, and, and whatever else, you know, another 60000 over here. And disperse that money on a, yep. on a much larger range. Yeah, it just frees them up to do a lot of cool things. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was just an awesome project. I'm going down to the Arizona Desert Big Orange Sheep Society Banquet this weekend, and just it would be cool to see some of the people that came. And and, and they have a the the ADBSS has a just a tremendous group of people that just I mean, that we, we you know I don't I, I can't th- I don't I don't know the names of some of the people that were that showed up, but they're just like, man, that guy shows up at every single project, you know, like, yeah. you know, and so it's like donating their time and energy and just like, if we're transplanting sheep or doing something, this dude shows up and it was, it was cool. It was just fun. And we got all done with the transplant and put back a few, few cold ones and had a barbecue. And it was just, <laughs> it was just really cool. And, and had uh, some good pizza. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was just a, got to check just, out the local watering hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it's just a, just a killer project. And so that's, I just, I love that stuff. It's fun to me. Um, it's, it's made, uh, I've just been able to educate myself so much more on it, it, I've had a passion for a long time about it. And I've always like, this is one of those, I just wanted to see if I could do it. I want to see, can we, can we take over an entire state budget and make that kind of a difference without, was know, that a daunting task when you, when you spoke those words and you're like, well, 
you know, like you just rose the bar when you said it to him and you're on the phone and were you like, this is going to be intense. You know what I mean? And, and I know your passion for it and I know how much you love it. And what I've loved from the outside is watching your passion for this and how much more educated you have become in the last two and a half, three years from maybe where you were four years ago, because now it's, it's actually, it's gone from, you know, concept to reality for yeah, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and like, yeah. I can relate to that obviously with my business and taking, you know, a concept of cooking deer legs for people and how the fuck do you turn that into a business and then being able to grow it. So when you told them like, well, we'll take on the whole budget for yeah, you internally. Were you like, Oh shit? No, not really. I mean, now <laughs> you I were mean, confident after the last project um, and, and making just so few calls and raising so much money so easily. I was just like, I mean, and, and the cool thing about the company too, is like, I've never had a, I mean, people are like, oh, well, you know, how does that go? Who do you go? Like, I don't even, I don't have a meeting with anybody. I just tell them like, hey, I just spent this much. I, like, there's not like we have a board meeting and they got some bean counters in there or, or you know, like, no, I, I like at some point in time, maybe they'll say like, whoa, you know, pull the reins back. But like at this point <laughs> in time, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm here to like, I'm, I'm dollar bills, y'all. Like we're throwing yeah. those things out there because I think it, I, our customers expect that. So when it's making I, a difference, yeah. And I, I was just like, I have no doubt I can raise the money. Like, and and it's becoming dangerous how much money I've got access to that we're going to put out there. Like, mm -hmm. not, I mean, dangerous in the fact that like I'm I'm after all of them. I'm after I'm after these projects because I, I feel like the fastest way we can grow people that know what the what our what our company believes in and what. The difference we're going to make is like we're we're going after these projects. Like I mean, I'm, I'm like that's, and aggressively. That's, that's why I'm not telling anybody what's coming up next is because I don't want somebody to try and. But take that's it. the best part. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's it's amazing. I mean, this has been. It's the most amount of fun. I mean, the the. It, it's the most amount of fun related to work that I've ever had. Like it, it really is because it's <laughs> going like, on. A, it is going a on lot of stone sheep hunts. Yeah, not fun. It, oh, well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I like a long time ago. I said, you know, the hunting will never become work. So I, I never, it doesn't quantify as work okay. in my mind, but this stuff, like it, it was a lot, it's a lot of work. That's it's a lot, lot of work, man. There's a lot a, of moving parts. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of work do getting stuff everybody like down there, getting the money put all in the same spots. And again, you know, the whole thing for me is getting the collars, getting sure yeah. the dates are Yeah. Correct. That was the other cool, I mean, like that was the other cool thing. So that we put 40 collars on those sheep and the, the customer participation part was, um, we put 40 collars up for grabs, um, and they're 2000 bucks a piece, put it on the ADBSS website. And, uh, I, I think we had it up there for two weeks, sold 27 of them in two weeks and took over the rest of them just cause the timing, uh, and, and the next project, I will leave it up longer and we'll sell them all out. Mm -hmm. The reason this one is like, again, we're talking about the COVID shit and I didn't know if like, you know, how many people were going to be able to go if this, you know, like if the state was going to push it and we got... <laughs> you know, Omicron's showing up or whatever. Like <laughs> it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I hope it's going to go because it was, it was just about to go in 20 and then it got totally canceled. So, um, yeah, we sold 27 collars like that. And, 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 you know, like the, the fun part about this thing too, has been, you know, the transparency for me is just, it's one of those things. Like I, I heard some negative things about the project from some people that were just, just being haters. There's you know, always just, critics, just, man. Just being haters. And it was like, dude, you want to do a, you want to do a full rundown on it? Like just call, call Brad at ADBSS, call the state, you know, like you, you want to do an audit of where the thing is. Like the beauty of this thing is that I say the same thing all the time. 
We don't, it's, it's a, it's, it's a movement. It's not an organization. It is totally financially transparent. Although we, I don't, I don't raise money. I spend money. Mm -hmm. We are spending money. We don't raise money. So, you know, all that stuff went directly through a 501c3. Don't have anything to look like you go take a look at everything. Like the camera guys that come down, the, all like the plane tickets, all that stuff. That's all a marketing expense for our company. No, you know, like that, that's not a conservation donation. My plane ticket down to go on a transplant is not a conservation donation. Yeah. Okay. That's us doing what we should do. Like we're not, we don't, that's not a write off. That's not any of that. None of that bullshit. There's no overhead. That's an expense. It's just an expense that we have yeah. to, to make sure that our customers know that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. All the money goes directly through whatever the local 501c3. It was Midwest on the first one. Now it was ADBSS on this one. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, they bought all those collars. Um, and then, you know, we filled in the rest and, you know, like I said, the total, the total thing was $164,000, um, got to do a few cool, you know, we had, um, got to build one of those big ass happy Gilmore checks just take down the Arizona <laughs> yeah. desert big orange sheep. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. I, got yeah. The, I, I called the guy, I said, Hey, can you build me a big ass happy Gilmore check? And he was like, yeah, for sure. And it was like, didn't even have to tell him what it was. And so that was cool. And then, and then to work with two companies, you know, it was cool to have, uh, all the guys from Wild Society came down on the first transplant. Mm -hmm. It was just like, and it's always eye-opening for other people. Like, I, you know, th this is my, I don't know, I guess I'm on nine or ten transplants now. Like, I'm a pro. I could run one. Like, yeah. like we're, we're, you know, drawing blood, doing the whole thing. But like, I we, mean, when you're sticking them in the neck and you're drawing blood, you're not missing a beat. I'm not missing a beat Because I'm watching anymore. you do the whole no, thing. I don't miss the, anymore. From the first one, from yep. the first neck all the way to the last neck. Like, yeah, yeah. And it, that's what I was saying, just watching you elevate in your passion yeah. what, and your progression. And it's been so cool to watch from an outside perspective. Yeah. And, 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 and seeing new people come down and like Sean Wood and TJ Sanchez, just some, you know, some guys that hadn't been on the first one to come down and, and, uh, you know, like Matt Lowenquist showed up, like, I don't have everybody's name in front of me, but, mm -hmm. um, just a bunch of people, but seeing new people that have never done it before. And just like, it, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. You, you see what it takes to do that stuff. And it's, it's just, it's so, it's a ton of work, but it's so much fun. And, you know, just showing that like you're actually doing something like this is, you know, and, and I've said the same thing, like sheep have added so much value to my life. Um, whether obviously my career, um, all, all the big hunts I've been on, like I've, I've still taken way more than, you know, than, than, than I've given back. And I'm like, I'm, you know, like we're, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'll ever be even, but I'm gonna try, you know. Like we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff. I mean, how there. many how many sheep have you? How many sheep hunts have you been on with successful kills? I've killed 13 rams. So you've my killed personal, 13 personally. Personally, yeah. two two grand slams. Just finished my second grand slam with grand your slam bow and a bow. We'll get to that. And and but yeah, I mean, I've had more opportunities. Like I'm not. It's not normal what I've been able to do. I've had more opportunities than anybody else I know, and you know, taken advantage of them. But um, it's been a, a like it just makes you feel good that you know anybody that hunts sheep should should want to give them back and 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 a lot of all the people that donate they're the same way they go they go like man that they've enriched my life so much and i'm like how can i give back and yeah. that's what's that's what's awesome to see and like the the amount of people after the first one and then after this one that have reached out and said dude i'm in let me know where to send a check. I want to write like, cause they want to donate money right I'm now. I'm sure that it's, it's more people than you can even accept money from at this point. 
because again, there's not enough projects yet. Again, I'm just going to be super clear. I don't accept, we don't accept money. Yeah. So the next project, I've got everybody written down and whatever the next project is, there's a 501c3 there that is going to take care of being the bank and they'll send that money there. But like, we don't, we don't acquire money. Yeah. I just like, it makes it complicated. Don't want to do it. Don't want to have anybody say like, oh, well, what are you spending? Like, I'm never, I'm not making a dime doing this, whatever. I got it. I say the same thing all the time. I got a job. Mm-hmm. This is not my job. This is my passion. And I'm just lucky enough to be able to do it through this awesome company that, that I'm <laughs> involved in. But like, And you've been nobody, involved in since ground yeah, level. Yeah. No, nobody needs to. Like, there's, since nobody the garage. Get, there's nobody getting paid. None of that stuff. Like, yeah, when we, when we need the money, I'll just call you and say, here's where to send it. And take care of it and that's the beauty of it and i think it just it, it's been refreshing and it's been one of those things where like there's so many people they just want to know where their money's going like they they want the transparency they want to know like i want to see my money in action i don't want somebody to tell me like hey we're going to take your money and we're going to use it in a in a good way like they want to know like like where is that going where that's, that's the beauty of this going? and and you know i said we just put out a film about it which the company paid for, by the way, is not, it was a marketing expense, not a conservation expense. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's one of those things where I said, you know, like the, the, the people want to know where their money's going. They want, they want to, they want to see where it's going. They want to participate and they, they just, they want to know what's going on. And, and there's just far more people that want to when I actually like get their hands dirty and, and, and go on one of these things. Boots and, on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been, it's amazing, you know, like the, uh, and, and the thing about sheep and sheep transplanting is like, it's only because people have been doing this for 35, 40 years that we have great populations of sheep. Like, you know, it's cool to transplant those sheep. You know, my son is absolutely like obsessed with hunting. He's, he's so into it, <laughs> but I mean, it's not, it's not a stretch to say that my, my son could draw a sheep tag in Arizona 30 years from now in a sheep herd that we put sheep in and I'll, be, I'm, I'll probably be long gone and and he could go have a hunting opportunity that we had something to do with. Like that's, that's amazing. And those guys that did it in the past, those are the sheep hunting opportunities that I've been able to take advantage of. Yeah. So, which is, which is pretty amazing. Well, between Montana, the Dakotas, Utah and Arizona, there's been a hundred and... 50 ish yeah 150 sheep yeah 82 and 55 transplanted yeah. and, and brought to new environments right yep. so when you're talking about you've taken two slams you know or thir- thir- did you say 13 13 sheep yeah. you've taken 13 sheep and you feel like you know are you ever going to get to the point where you've put enough back like i mean you're already at 150 well, not it's not me. It's like we. No, we, I get it. We, I get it. I get the, it. But like, like at the same time, man, don't don't discredit yourself because you are the spearhead. You are the torch carrier. You know, and and the way that you've been able to attack this, you know, it'd be it'd be like, you know, with and I, I'm only using this because this is relevant to what we were talking about earlier but if something happened to you tonight and you weren't here tomorrow who the fuck's going to pick up that torch and can continue to carry it you know what i mean like who's going to be the one that is able and connected enough and well versed enough in the communities to carry on this passion mission and you know 
Uh, somebody saving, would, and, and like I said, I, it's just, I get that. But I mean, you understand what yeah, I, no, my point that I'm making. You know, it, it, like it, don't discredit yourself. Yeah, you're no, a huge part of it. Yeah, and it's been uh, like I said. I've been. I'm just. I'm the lucky guy. Like, I, 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 I came up with a really good idea, um, but listen, every, there's a lot of really good ideas, and you know, you have really good friends and people that actually believe in your idea when they put some money behind it and put some effort behind it. And so there, there's a million great ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a million people have thought like, oh, I'm gonna try this and make a difference. But what the difference with this is, is yeah, it was a great idea. And I was you know motivated by it for numerous reasons. But ultimately like people put their, like people vote or say, you know, like a lot of people won't give you a true answer about an idea like hey man i'm gonna try this they go oh yeah good good or whatever but like when somebody's like yeah man i'll put some money behind that i believe in that that's 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 pretty awesome I, that's that's pretty amazing humbling then, yeah it is humbling and and to uh you know just to have the opportunity to, to unite all these people and and throw some money at these projects and make sure that they go through and 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 ultimately there's nothing in it to gain for like there's no the beauty of it is it's it's just a concept that's the beauty of it and it's going to stay that way it's like you know we trademark the name so that nobody takes it but other than that like there's not a bank account there's, there's not, not a board no no like like i said i don't even ask anybody i just like yeah. I, I i just i've said like our customers expect us to do this kind of stuff like mm-hmm. and and i'm going to keep pushing until they say whoa like hey chill out but i don't, <laughs> I don't see that happening because yeah. i don't think there's enough projects for me to for that to come up and and see that happening. So like, just it's just been amazing. Like the the number of people that have participated, the number of people that want to participate, the 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 feedback, and <clears throat> you know, yeah, I mean, it's just been it's been awesome. So we got I'm I'm pushing as hard as I can to put some more stuff together. I'm glad that COVID's over. That really put a damper on it. I want to, you know, got some pretty big goals for it, and 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 we're gonna take some different paths to it too. We did a, a guzzler project this year. Got another guzzler project in a different state. I mean, my my ultimate goal now with Conservation Direct is to transplant sheep to or from every single state in the West, every state that has sheep. And if some if there's a state that wants sheep, I'd even love to do that. But um, I want to do it in every state. I want to I want to help. Like we have customers in every state. We have people in every state that I, I want to show. Like hey, we 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 care. We give a shit. And we're gonna, you know, if there's there's a lot of blue, t- a lot of red tape to go through. There, it's a, you know, there's some states that are super, super pain to deal with. They don't on the they, government level. Yeah, they just they don't want. They're not they're not like the state of Arizona, you know, and they're not like, you know, state of Utah. You know, that there's some of them that are definitely more difficult. But you know, I just look at that as like that's a barrel. We'll knock it down, and 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 money talks a lot of times in this. So. Um, I got. I just finished a, a, a predator project, which I'm not going to tell anybody where it's at because I don't. You know, the predator thing kind of raises people's hackles and all this stuff. But we we put together a predator project and killed killed basically a hundred predators out of a sheep herd, and uh, it was it was it was amazing. A herd that really needed some help from from predators. We're getting we're getting knocked out of them. And then I just talked to a guy yesterday, and there's another sheep herd. Um, that has really had some bad lion predation. Um, like it's the main factor in their detriment. And so we're gonna we're gonna put together a bounty. Um, I'm trying to work with the state to put together a bounty on the lions, which they've never done, or open up access to have it for trappers or whatever. But you know, like 
the the number one thing like these the, the predators got to go it's not a it's not as sexy as transplanting but yep. if you transplant sheep and you haven't you haven't neutralized the predators you're just feeding you're just feeding lions feeding, and yeah. feeding coyotes you know so it's a it's a complicated thing and yeah i just we like, start looking at the california the southern california desert where all the nelson and i are and yeah the herds are re- starting to get they're they're starting to get rocked because yeah, they, mountain lions are uncontrolled Jake sent me a picture of a great big tom that was out where we where we killed Goliath out there in the mm-hmm. in the in the uh, tells that mountain range Orcopias the, the Orcopias yeah, yeah. yeah um, that was out of waterhole just a freaking monster you know it's just like yeah there, you know there's there's a place for lions there there definitely is there's there's plenty of lions they're not they're, they're not, not hurting they're not hurting at all they need to be hurt more like they need to be controlled yeah so they need to be halved yeah. Yeah, they're, they they need to be controlled. So. Good luck, California. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you want to have more sheep, like it's not pretty. Some some of it's real sexy, and some of it's not. And the predator thing is not. Yeah, well, and I, and I was talking about this earlier today with someone who's like, with the California predator problem that they're having, you know, and then you look at the Sierra Nevada bighorn, and if that is if that is to ever become a huntable species for north american sheep what's that going to look like and the predators could probably come in and wipe them out and keep them from ever growing past where they're at you know and well i think ultimately like when you look at some of those states and i don't want to bag on california too hard it's because just too it's, easy it's, to it's too easy them, but <laughs> I, I mean they truly don't they don't give a shit they're not they, worried about science man no they don't they're they not don't worried care. about any anything no. other than the people that are funding them and backing them and and the people know. that are complaining and they just don't want to upset anybody it's like hey this whole thing's a big experiment like it's crazy to think that people want to have interactions with animals and want to pretend like we don't exist. Like we, we have, you know, I don't know if, whether somebody's religious or not, but like at the, ultimately, like we truly now have dominion over some of these species mm-hmm. and we need to take care of them. And like we, we need to be stewards. Yeah. We are stewards of this land. We're stewards of these animals and to pretend like these interstates and these housing projects and stuff don't exist. It's nuts. It's like the wolf here. It's like, yeah, we reintroduced a wolf. That's great. But like to pretend like... Well, those wolves are now in California. I saw one last season. Yeah. Yeah. To pretend like these these wolves are just like, should be let run rampant and, you know, and you want to name them and all stuff. It's like, dude, the the biggest killer of wolves is other wolves, you idiot. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's always changing. But, you know, that's, that's part of the cool thing about Conservation Direct is that, People take such a broad brushstroke about conservation stuff. They're like, oh, man, I want to save bighorns in the West. It's like, dude, take a step back. Kill some predator out of the one herd. Mm-hmm. Help out in one transplant. Like, do do something a little bit. It's like losing weight. You know, like, you can't just say, like, man, I want to lose 100 pounds. Like, <laughs> you know how you lose 100 pounds? You lose a pound. Yeah. You know, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yep. So, you know, just do what you can locally. Like I always say, like, if you, if you have a sheep herd or a deer herd or an elk herd that you think is getting hammered by predators, like, don't donate money. Go kill a predator. Mm-hmm. Go go do something. Go be proactive. Like, you can make a difference. Like, a, a little bit. Like, you you or kill coyotes where there's lots of mule deer. You kill a mountain like you're, lion. You're, you're talking about you just saved 50 yeah. animals for the next year or, or more. Yeah. You know, 50's on the conservative end of Is that, that a plug for your mountain lion you killed this fall? That was not that big of a cat. She's <laughs> a good right. cat. Yeah, she was a good cat. 
She's Listen, good. it's about a hundred and some odd pounds. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had, uh, I've definitely had to reevaluate what I think about taking pre- like predators need to be taken out based on their density, not based on their size. You know, like I used to be opposed to, you know, I used to have dogs and hunt mountain lions and, and be like, oh, we're not going to shoot anything unless it's big. Now I'm like, man, you put a lion up a tree and there's a lot of lions around. Kill it. Somebody wants to kill it. Kill it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of them. Plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah, like, encourage again, people to get. Yeah, they, they they're not hurting. Until I started this predator project and watched these collars and saw these sheep being killed, I didn't understand how efficient they were and how how often it happened. I just mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I conceptually got, but when you go get a you get a ping at six in the morning and you go, you know, drive drive and go find a collar and and see a dead sheep that you had seen a week before and you know who it is it's like whoa man i mean they're they they are because they're out there all the time eating stuff you know Mm -hmm. they just are so there's a place for predators um it's not in sheep country (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) so it'd be uh yeah but we we got some cool other projects coming and i'm just super excited about them i'm excited about the reception we've continued to have the, the how fast it's growing the number of people that have called and volunteered to not not just donate their time but donate their money and and just want to show up and make a difference and are inspired by it and you know again it's just one of those one of those things that's just it's just been awesome and you had mentioned you did the guzzler project which was in yeah, nevada, nevada correct yeah yep. now how did that how did that work out for you how did you feel about that because it was a little bit different than a hands-on experience you know taking blood you know, it was awesome. We the, the um, we did one through Nevada Bighorns, uh, or excuse me, it was through the. Um, oh, I get all these five one C threes messed up. It was through the There's fraternity of, of the Desert Bighorn Sheep okay. in Nevada. Yeah, and um, and the and the Nevada Endow Nevada Division of Wildlife. And I'm trying to think how that came up. Oh, it was right when we were coming out of COVID. And things were opening up a bit, and I, I was just calling. I called every state and was like, "You got any projects coming up or whatever?" And and uh, got a hold of Jack Rob at at Indow, and he's like, "Oh, we actually have this guzzler that came up, and uh, would would you like to participate in that?" So we did half and half with uh, the fraternity on on that guzzler, and yeah, you know, we all flew down there and got got a helicopter ride in. It was awesome, and and they're so good at building those things, and it was just another thing. I've never been there, and you know, a bunch of the same guys showed up and you know wilkie and jason, jason radakovich and, yeah. and tj sanchez came out on that one too and i wish um, i was there i was yeah, cooking <laughs> yeah it was it was just a cool project to go and like in one day we went from a bunch of parts and pieces laying all over to a, a giant rain shed and and a, a bunch of water storage and, and a concrete guzzler and a big fence around it was an amazing project and you know just again a pile of awesome people showed up and worked. I mean, we worked our asses off. It was a, it was a freaking long. I got day. to imagine that's not an easy day either. No, it was it was, but it was fun. You know, it's a, it's just a cool thing you're being able to do. And um, the guzzler was named. Um, it's a San Antonio one guzzler, and we uh, we did it um, on behalf of the Preschetti family. Who it was in name of their their father, which was which was really cool. And I've known Mike for a long time, and just a cool project to be a part of. And again, like it's not something we just did ourselves. It wasn't a a kuyu thing but it was uh we, we were glad to put money in it on it and, and show up and do it and 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 we'll we'll definitely do more like it was a really exciting project and i've got another guzzler project in a different state that i'm working on right now and um yeah it's pretty cool they're gonna they're gonna put some water in before they transplant some sheep so they've got a place to drink and uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to put the guzzler in and then hopefully hopefully 
you know, pay for the sheep transplant as well. So yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff in the works and yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, that's, it's just, it's just, that's a lot of fun and it's, uh, how does that feel? That's great. To it's get awesome. to be doing something that you're so passionate about. Yeah. It's and, awesome. And you're killing it. Yeah. You're doing a really good job. Of it's, it. we're killing it. Like all the people that are involved mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just a lucky guy that gets to be, you know, in front of it all and kind of gets a spearheaded and, you know, that's the, but it's, yeah, it's just been, a, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's not a negative thing on it whatsoever. Um, it's, it's pissed some people off that, you know, are heavy on the traditional route of donating money and trying to oversee it. And I don't care about that. Um, I've never had, that's where any, I was going to go next. I've never had anybody that pissed was off people. I've never had anybody that was involved that didn't just think it was awesome. And, and again, you know, with the financial transparency, there's, if you don't think it's a cool thing, it's, you're just a hater. That's all there is to it. Like, <laughs> like you, I mean, I get it. If you feel like I, I personally don't like him. Oh, dude, I get it. Totally get it. They don't have to like you. I'd hate me too. Yeah. They don't. Have- <laughs> I get, it's such a cool thing I get to do. Like, I get it. I wouldn't like me either. Yeah. But uh, it's it's just been it's phenomenal, and and it, to see real results. Like, I mean, it's it's making a difference. You know, I mean the. The uh, the sheep herd on Antelope Island is now about sixty about sixty sheep, you know, from twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, the sheep herd in North Dakota. They and had, they would try to do a second transfer on that island that was yeah. not conservation direct. No, it, it and didn't. Yeah, and and they're it still didn't go well. They're, they're still going to do another one. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the, like the ones in North Dakota, I think they're over sixty now, and that was thirty. And uh, you know these, the, you know that's where you start seeing big big numbers is that you know like yeah we transplanted 55 sheep in the first year but now there's a you know there's i got it written down doubled across the board doubled so there's there's 110 sheep there and we moved 50 this year and and this we have another lambing crop that's coming up right now so like we're gonna you know you know we'll be you know by the end of this year in the springtime there'll be you know 108 well no it'll be more than that it'll be it'll be pushing 300 sheep next year that have directly come from what we've done and that's like when you start extrapolating that and you start looking at that's how much numbers. impact oh it, it goes it goes quick i mean and again if you control the predators and you transplant they'll double mm-hmm. that's it's just that it's that simple like if you if you control the predators if they're not getting eaten those those ewes will have lambs and those lambs in two years will have lambs and and it's it's just it's amazing how fast it goes yeah. And some of those herds just they just blow up, and I, I think that's what's going to happen on Antelope Island, and 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 Antelope Island is now turn, is turning into the state of Utah's nursery herd. So they're going to be, you know, they left too many sheep on there when they had the original die off before we did the transplant. So they're going to keep the numbers at a steady level, and they're just going to start popping them everywhere, which yeah. is which is awesome to see. Like you could, you know, start a nursery herd, and then you know they're going to start moving them all over and. So it's uh it's pretty exciting. That's wild. So. I didn't know they were using those nursery herd. Mm-hmm. But that's just to think that where those sheep came from to where they are now becoming a nursery herd. Yeah. And then where wherever else they're gonna be distributed yeah. to help increase sheep populations across the western United States is Yeah, you talking you, you look ten years down the road when you stop I mean it's just doubling, it doubles every year. Yeah. Fifty five, one ten. 220 yeah it, it goes fast it can do and it, and it really can do that like it's it's not you know it's not speculation like it's been done a million you know like a lot of times and that's that's what 
you know, so if, if states are aggressive and, and they don't look around and check the wind and they just go like, hey, we've got habitat, it lacks sheep, let's, you know, let's tune the predators down and let's add sheep to it. Like, man, those, those things, they, they're built to die. Like, bighorn sheep love to die. They're <laughs> such a fickle animal. They also grow super fast and in the right habitat, they're, they're built to live. They thrive. They, yeah, they do. They, they thrive. So Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's been been awesome. I got no, you know, no complaints about anything. It's just been fun to, fun to be able to do that and fun how uh it's turned my job into, you know, part of it is is aligned with this to where it just does it, it the job has never felt like work. There's things that do, but that this is not work. It's it's a lot of work, but it's stuff I love doing. Did it change any of your previous notions on conservation? Yeah, there's there's a lot of talk and not a lot of action. A lot of time there, it's it's kind of twofold. There's a lot of talk, there's not a lot of action, and then there's like some great people that are trying super hard to get things done. And there's, you know, financial constraints in the way or roadblocks or, or social constraints in the way. Like yeah, I mean, but no, it, it's 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 highlighted both things. First of all, there's a lot of great people that want to just absolutely get stuff done, and there's a lot of people that want to ride on the coattails and talk about it and. You know, and, and, and again, that's great. That's, I, I, I believe that that model is going away. I think people want to see where their money goes mm-hmm. and, I'm, and, you know, hopefully they transition. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to have the, the monopoly on doing sheep transplants and the monopoly on doing conservation. Like I hope, I hope a lot of, you know, even I've said it, you know, I said it in the, in the film, I said, somebody wants another company wants to be involved. They don't want me involved. They don't want to you involved, whatever. Like call me, I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. You know, but the problem, it really hasn't happened because it takes real work. Like they don't just happen. That's a real work. It takes a lot of my time. It takes a lot of the people that are involved time and it takes real money. Well, it takes a lot of life experience too, which prior to you doing this, you've had life experience in yeah. managing a sheep herd and understanding it and, and but it, but being it takes, immersed in it. Yeah. It takes, it takes real, it takes real money to do it, you know, and that's, that's one of those, uh, um, yeah, it's one of those things where it, 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 people like to talk about it, but I, I love being able to just do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's my thing with, with this thing too, is like, we never tell anybody until a project's done. I, I'm not into, you know, I like, yeah, we, raising money is really easy. You just call people up and say, Hey, here's what we're doing. And I, I don't like to tell anybody until we're, you know, I'm, I like the financial transparency. Until you're right there. <laughs> right there. I just wait till the very end and yeah. we do it because I, you know, like I said, my mentor, in, in archery, my buddy Ray who passed away, he, he always told me, he's like, just don't, don't tell anybody what you're doing until it's done. Yeah. You know, you don't need to tell, like, everybody's going to do something. Everybody has great intention. Just, just do it and they'll see it, you know, just, just go, go get it done and just then you can talk there. about it later. And that's, that's the way I feel about this is like, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to do these projects and then I'll, I'll, we'll tell you about them. And, and we don't even really push it that hard. It's not like something that's our main thing or whatever. Like we don't, we're going to do more. It's it's. We're never going to be fully paid up, and we're never going to get across the line like, oh, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Well, I always find it so interesting when new people that are getting into the conservation world and understanding the hunting industry for what it is what it, and what it has been regarding conservation and people getting up in arms about companies not doing this or not doing that and 
you know, what about this? And, you know, why aren't you guys involved in that? Or why aren't you more vocal about all these different issues, which every state has its own laundry list of different conservation issues happening every single bill season, right? And uh, I always try to explain to people, you know, these companies are the companies that are funding everything, you know, any way you cut it. I mean, the amount of taxes that go to Roberts and Pittman and the amount of everything that's generated or, or gear that's donated and all these different avenues going to help raise money for conservation. And, and now the next step, which is what you've started doing and, and what Conservation Direct's purpose is, you know, and is actually in the field, boots on the ground, getting things done. Like, it's irrefutable to me, the evidence that shows the hunting companies backing conservation. There's a couple of them. Yeah. There's not all of them. Yeah. I think, I think um, I'd like to see more even, you know, like obviously we, we have competitors and, and there's companies we don't like, don't like because of business. And it's not don't like, it's just, it's just, it's competitive. Like if yeah. you're not competitive, like I'm a competitive person, it's just funny how it goes, but there's, yeah. And there, you know, there's some tremendous organizations. Like one thing I've, I've just really come to respect is um, some of these little small uh, basically donor and volunteer only small organizations. Like there's some people that are just amazing. They're, they're working their ass off. They get, they get nothing. They don't get many pats on the back. They just love doing it. And like, I just, I, I have so much respect for people. It's a labor are, of love. Yeah. I have, I have so much respect for people that do, that do it beyond. Like I, I sometimes feel like we, we get, a lot of credit for what we're doing and it's like that's why i don't like to really tell anybody is and we don't really push it that hard is like it's expected like we're, we're in the sheep hunting world and uh it's expected that we would we, we should do that and so like some of these great little organ like again ones i've just just the ones i've worked with just recently are you know arizona desert bighorn sheep society fraternity of desert bighorn sheep nevada bighorns unlimited the midwest wild sheep foundation utah finaz like the, these guys are all they're working so hard and you know this is not their full-time job you know i'm lucky enough this is part of what i do and and you know i can crank away on that and you know during the daytime but the, like a lot of these people are you know they got a real job too and so i just it's just a tremendous amount of respect and just love working with people and seeing the true passion that they have for these projects and and what they're doing on the side too and you know that's why i want to make sure that everybody knows like it's not just us it's there there's some other great ones too and and find those other great organizations that are doing awesome things because you know like they're said, out there yeah yeah there's a they're, they're, and they're you generally don't just don't hear that much about them mm -hmm. if you meet anyone from the pavlich family while you're down there yeah that's hill. what you told me she yeah. her, her her grandfather started it or her grandfather is one of the the founding members yeah that's cool yeah i've got yeah she sent me a picture i'll show it to you after this it's yeah pretty neat it's like some old belt buckle or something if i can find yeah. it it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And then in the last month, month and a half, month, month, you got to go down to Mexico. Yeah. And you got to complete your archery grand slam. Correct. Yeah. This finished my, yeah, been a long time coming. 14, <laughs> 14, 14 years. I took my, I took a bow on my first doll sheep hunt in 2008 with the intention of killing around with my bow and, and had no idea how difficult I didn't even get to strap my release yeah because when I when I called you about going on my doll hunt you were like don't take your bow well take your I, rifle I, I, I tell 
my advice, and again, I, it's just from my experience, is that I I was not able to kill a sheep with my bow. First of all, let's just face it, they're expensive. Their opportunities are very limited. Um, and unless you have an unlimited budget and unlimited time and unlimited opportunity, um, you know, archery hunting, it, it's definitely a low success rate thing. So until I had, until I could, uh, until I just didn't take a gun with me and was like, I was comfortable leaving without one, um, that's when my quest for Grand Slam with a bow really took off. Like, yeah, I mean, my, uh, I, I was fortunate enough, I drew sheep tag in 2015 in Montana and there was, it was just the greatest time of my life. I spent 24 days backpacking, passed up 47 different rams. I, I was no doubt I was going to kill one, and I ended up killing a giant with my bow. Was but but I, I didn't have. And you targeted that ram, yeah, if that I ram. But I, I didn't have a I didn't have a pressure. I knew I was going to get one. I, I knew if I just kept doing what I was going to do, what I was doing, I would get one. And then in 2017, uh, went on a stone sheep hunt, and I just said, you know what? I because I killed a stone sheep in 2012. <coughs> I was like. Well, if I get one, I get one. If I don't, I don't. I did not take a, I didn't take a rifle, and and I ended up killing the first stone sheep I stocked, and it was it was a phenomenal hunt, and uh, that's the linchpin in the Grand Slam with a bow. Like the hardest one is by far the stone sheep, and I got I got lucky enough that my the first ram the first out of ram the I got an opportunity. I stocked my bow, I killed, and yeah. it's just that was the that was a lucky stroke in my Grand Slam. It took me fifty days. And uh, I don't know five and a, five or six different hunts to kill a doll sheep with my bow. That was the hardest one for me, which is kind of funny because it's normally the easiest one. It's normally the one that people start with as a doll sheep. It was my third, and I, you know, I, I missed a huge ram with my bow in super high wind in 2012. That I will, I mean, I will look back my entire life on and go like, oh, I wish that the moments have. that haunt you. Yeah, it was, and it wasn't that I took a bad shot or I didn't. I, I wasn't. I missed him. I just it was tough conditions and it just I didn't get him. And then, uh, yeah, my doll sheep in the NWT. That was the hardest one for me. I finally killed a ram in 2018 with my bow, and so three quarters of a slam done. And then you know the desert. I, I was fortunate enough to hunt Carmen Island. And uh, it was just a phenomenal hunt. I mean, lots, lots of sheep, stock five or six different rams in three days, and I'm killing a beautiful black ram, ten years old, and uh, yeah, finished it up. And it was a, it was a weird, um, it's kind of a bittersweet thing because it'd been a 14-year quest. My, my, I felt the same thing when I finished my first Grand Slam with a rifle in 2017, and I walked up and put my hands on this great big desert 14-year-old one horn ram, and I was like, it was, it was kind of a funny thing because I was like. I truly never expected to finish. I mean, when I went on my first doll sheep hunt, I, thought, I was hoping that I'd kill one sheep in my life. Mm-hmm. And to have taken 13 now, it's just like, oh, I mean, the guy's a glutton. I mean, <laughs> but it's just, it's been a, it's been a long time. And that, uh, again, I've got more opportunities than anybody I've ever known. And I've had some good luck and I've hustled my ass off. I mean, I killed my first grand slam. That's a big slam. part of it. I killed my first grand slam for $23,000. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a fact documented the whole thing like i i'm I, I was you know ready to go on any short notice anywhere anytime i won a sheep hunt in a drawing i drew a tag i traded for a big like i've, I've i have hustled my ass off to hunt, hunt these sheep but you know now i'm in a different spot where i've, I've also financially um fortunate to be able to go on a, hunt, a few of these big ones and and so uh yeah finishing the desert was um, it was just, it was like a bittersweet thing and, and, you know, just set a new goal and go do something else. And, and, but, but I, I never 
once I killed a stone sheep with the bow, I knew it was done. It was, it was weird to say, like, I knew I'd eventually get one with my, a doll sheep with my bow. I feel like I had bad luck, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, this bad stocks and, you know, just, and, and again, uh, two of the hunts, I had a rifle, like we had, um, Jason and I had a bonnet plume in 2016, and I passed a ram up with my bow, and we were looking for a great big one, and then found him on the last day, and it was 300 yards from anywhere I could get close to him, and I, I shot him with a rifle, and I wouldn't change anything. It was one of my favorite sheep I've ever killed, and it was a beast of a hunt. We worked our ass off, but, you know, just didn't, wasn't fully committed to killing with a bow. Mm-hmm. It wasn't prepared to walk away from that sheep on the last day and not get one, unless I got it with a bow. And maybe I could have killed it if I'd have stalked it, but we were 300 yards above it, and it was six o'clock in the afternoon, and it's like, man, I'm killing this thing. So windows closing. The, the 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 really the thing, and kind of circling back to when you're going on your sheep hunt, as I and I've I've had a couple other guys ask me this too, and, and you know, again, it's just my opinion. You know, I'm you know I've had a lot of sheep hunting expert, but am I an expert? You know, whatever. I've, I've had a lot of opportunities, but unless you can go home without one, don't take a bow because. The one thing I think it's it is people think it's easy anyways. Like it's tough to kill a big old ram with should be tough to kill him with a nuclear weapon. Like it's tough to kill him with a rifle. They're they do not, you know, they do not roll over. Like they're you know, they're, you're gonna put along a lot of miles to look down to, to run down a sheep that you really wanna hunt. And so uh, yeah, if you're committed to the bow, great, stick with the bow. But if you are like, Well, I'll take the bow and if it's a good stock, if not I'll shoot with a rifle, dude, don't get your bow involved. Just take a rifle, have a great hunt. Like it's it's incredible hunting with a rifle. It's it's mm-hmm. tough hunt, whatever. And I've got still hunts that I will never take a bow on. Like um, you know, I hunted the glacier country in 2018, and uh, this is right after I killed around with my bow in, in the NWT. And this area, like you'd be insane to bring your bow. Like yeah, I, I bet you could hunt 200 days and you wouldn't have a stock with a bow. It's just the country's not set up for it. It's you know, so it was it was a challenge to get within 400 yards of one of the rifles. So really, yeah, they're so it's just yeah. I mean, sheep hunting is just it's so awesome, and uh, you know, if you weren't committed to the bow thing and to hunting it with a bow, then I, I feel like it'd be you'd be doing a disservice if you. And again, just my opinion, but yeah. you know, if you if you can't leave without one, don't take a bow. Yeah, you know. I'm pretty sure I can't live without one. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it's and it's it's crazy right now. I mean, those stone sheep. Well, that and, that's actually I was going to lead into that next. Was the like pricing is 100, 105 grand for a stone sheep hunt for twenty twenty five. That's on the, that's the top top end, the most yeah. you have But they're they're all firmly over fifty. Yeah, they're they're all way over fifty. And yeah, I mean, I got offered one for fifty this morning. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 expensive, and most of them are. 60 to 70 like you're not going to get a lot of opportunities to do that like um you know i I don't know if i'll kill another stone sheep i I, like my son's at the age where you know i'm like my next goal is to start chipping away at him and make him earn you know his own grand slam he has a goal that he he said i want to get a grand slam too it's like okay well that's cool i'm I'm not going to finance that thing for you i I told (laughs) him already working there bud if you get a 4.0 all the way through high school i'll take you on a doll sheep hunt yeah, you know they're going to be fifty grand by the time he graduates high school. That's fine. We'll do. Yeah. we'll do that. But um, yeah, they're they're expensive, and I I think that's what people don't quite understand. They go like, oh, you know, like geez, if I had that money, I could do that. It's like, well, 
It's, it's There's a lot a, more a physical, to it, dude. Yeah, There's, there is a lot is. more to a sheep hunt than just showing up and killing a sheep. And, and paying a bunch of money and getting it done. And there totally is. You have yeah. to, you know, it's a, it's it's whole training regimen. It's getting physical condition. Because if you, if you don't do that, and then I think a lot of people just go, like, oh, I'd never, you know, I, I, I'm never going to do that. It's too expensive. That's a rich guy thing. And it's like, well, it's all relative to what, what you think, you know, like, you know, I live in a normal house and, and, uh, my my priority is is going sheep hunting. Like yeah. that's one of my priorities. It's one thing that, you know, I want to do sheep hunt every year as long as I live. Now that is that financially something that somebody would go like, oh well, you know, that's 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 insane. You're you're irresponsible. Well, it's all relative, man. Like I don't I don't have a ski boat. You know, I don't I don't. I don't you don't on. have a motorhome that costs a quarter mil. Yeah, we. I mean, it's a, it's all relative and and. Hats off to anybody that wants to do that thing. Yeah. And, and, and some people, you know, have a ski pass and, and, and like to travel around. And some people do like vacation. It's all, it's all relative to what, to what's important in your life. That's what I've made important to me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it just, it does it a disservice to just look at it as like, oh, that's a pile of money. Well, there's, that's, that's like anything. I mean, my, my tr- you know, that's, that's driving a brand new truck every single year it's there's there's a million different things that cost a lot of money and that's where your priorities lie you know some people well like when i looked at it and i thought about it you know it was really what it came down to for me was all right i have to make an extra 10k a year yeah to make this work yeah right and i can do that and what i learned in that process is that it makes me work that much harder in my personal life and and the things whatever direction i'm making money in i have to work that much harder at it to make that much more money to be able to make that an attainable yeah thing it i need a goal every single year to be in shape and to be focused on what i want to do so um, and deer hunting and elk hunting doesn't cut it yeah elk hunting does like that's that's one of my goals every like elk elk and and sheep every year like you know that's that's my thing i I, that's that's what i love to do like i'll hunt elk you know until they you know until they say you can't do it anymore Mm -hmm. you're too old but um those things those are what drive me that's what keeps me in shape that's what keeps me focused that like and i just love them both because they're both the type of things where it doesn't matter what you did before you know like the going sheep hunting like the, the ram I want to hunt the next time he doesn't care that I've killed 13 sheep like mm-hmm. at all and the big bull that I'm going to hunt this fall he doesn't care that I've killed a pile of great big elk he doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. you know he's he's gonna it's the same challenge every single time and you approach it with the same challenge now I'm getting better um I'm getting more seen I'm getting smarter but ultimately it's still it's still a hell of a challenge and um you know it's one of those one of those things where people yeah it's just it's all relative to what you want to do you know mm-hmm. you can always back away from it you know like I, I was um, I think it was Jordan Peterson was like you should become a beast and then know how to control it mm-hmm. and people are like oh I'd never do that or hunting big elk doesn't matter to me I'm just into filling the freezer it's like oh, okay well go develop the skills to kill a great big bull and put in the time and to pass other bulls out and then and then decide that it's not for you but don't don't knock it until you've actually done it yeah because there's way too much of that going on in hunting where guys are like oh that doesn't you know just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it's not a skill set like oh i'm sure i could do that if it was part of my priority like oh, okay well 
go, dude, go kill a giant bull. Like if you said, I'm sure I could do that. Go kill a giant bull. I didn't kill then, an elk this year because I started setting that bar in my yeah, life. And go kill a giant bull and decide that it's not for you. But if you've never actually done it, you can't decide that it's not for you or it would be easy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know so it's one of those things where, uh, like any of that stuff, like I'm goal-oriented and it seems like the, the bigger you set the goal, the, e- the easier it is to achieve it. Mm-hmm. It's a long road too. Yeah. yeah. To, get, to get there. Yeah, but and they're only going up in price. I mean, they're yeah. they are, they are just a limit. It's a limited commodity. <laughs> it's, I wonder limited. if it'll ever come back down. Like, what what is going to have to no. happen to the economy? Something will have to at some point. I mean, no, they, they didn't go down they, in the recession. They will, they will never go down. Really? They will never go down. No. Just always supply and demand is so far out of whack that yeah. they will never go down. Well, and something that I also wonder with the stone sheep issue i wonder how much of that is because so many new guys getting into sheep hunting that are residents to bc and up there and they're killing young sheep no i don't think that i don't think that's a huge no no i mean like that's that's a tiny minute sliver it's It's more more bears and wolves and it's more complicated than that it's controlled burns it's 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 sheep burns it's sheep numbers it's uh a quota it's social pressure it's it's just there's so many factors to it that it's it's just one of those things that'll never go down. Doll sheep will never go down in price. The, the the only thing that will that is potentially that has held steady and is gonna go down in price on occasion is desert sheep. Mm-hmm. And it's again, we're gonna circle back to conservation. In Mexico, there used to be very few desert sheep and it was such a huge opportunity and and, and they were so rare and they were expensive. And now the they have learned and transplanted sheep everywhere because of the economic value um almost to a detriment in some places where they're you know <clears throat> high fence stuff and but they're growing ultimately they're growing sheep and putting them everywhere in mexico and th- that opportunities are expanding i mean like that's not going up in price like mm-hmm. stone sheep are more expensive than desert sheep now we had a buddy who just got back from a desert hunt down there he did it for 25k yeah that's pretty rare but yeah but they, uh, you know, it was they, a lucky last minute, yeah. 24 hour notice cancellation. Yeah. But. It, it, you got to jump on those when they come up. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like they're they're transplanting more sheep in, in Mexico than anywhere. And and that's really? that's a tremendous. Oh, yeah. They're I mean, they're they're everywhere. They are putting them everywhere. I mean, well, for example, Carmen Island, where I'm, they transplanted all the sheep to Carmen Island in 1996. They kill 20 to 25 rams a year since uh, I think 2005 or six was the first year they've hunted it. You know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how many sheep that is in 18 years or whatever. It's a bunch, but yeah. so there, there, the, there's another place where that, like that is all, those are all sheep that were transplanted there. There were no sheep on Carmen Island that were huntable until 2000, it was four or five. And it's like the place is just covered with sheep, yeah. like covered. With them. So it's a true success story in conservation and, and that was privately funded the island is owned privately and <clears throat> it generates a bunch of money to take care of those sheep and and to make it financially viable so just that's it's a success so there's a there's a lot of ways to get to success with with conservation efforts and so like that's a financial success like that's a that's a thriving business because of it and the state some states will have you know a thriving you know, sheep hunting opportunities, and that's the end of success. And and some outfitters, you know, you're doing control birds and killing predators, and and all of a sudden you've got more rams to hunt. That's where that success lies. So it's like there's a million different angles to go at it, but it it takes effort. 
Mm-hmm. So. And I think, too, they run into a lot of problems with the crown, you know, and then the anti-hunting folks that don't want them to do any predator control or don't want them to, you know, take take the grizzlies out of the out of the hunting pool and yeah i mean we could we could go on a whole podcast about canada problems as far as their <laughs> politics right now but yeah ultimately uh yeah there's a lot of great people up there that are definitely working in the favor of sheep and so hopefully it uh it, yeah. it just continues to expand right? yeah um my buddy charles we talked about charles he runs howl for wildlife and he just had a bunch of folks in Canada reach out to him to start doing action items yeah. for Canada and helping them get bills shut down or bills passed and getting the legislative branch and everybody involved in the bills emailed appropriately. Yeah, he's doing a good job with that. Like that, um, Yeah, really good job with the house. I've, I've watched that and follow it and educating people. Yeah. And, you know, like there, there's a few conservation wings that you know, I always say awareness is overtaking action, but he's doing a really good job of actually raising awareness. Well, he's raising awareness, but he's also offering a platinum or a platinum, a platform for action. Yeah. You know, where and in, and in six minutes, I think it was six minutes. I can't remember who did it, but in six minutes you can go through his website and you can take action on five or six different yeah. legitimate bills, either pro or anti hunting and help those go through. Yeah, because that side of it, the the anti hunting side of it is they're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they don't care if you, there's no hunting in their lifetime. They're playing the long game. Yeah, and we're too busy hunting to pay attention to it. So somebody's yeah. got to do it. Well, that and and I think they're on the offense. We're on the defense. It's hard to be on the defense all the time. It's hard to see everything coming. It's hard to think. You know, when he's put us on the offense, which yeah. has been beneficial, and and there's been a lot of, I think, problems and and. People getting lazy because they've been so used to how we've run organizations for so long and and they've gotten so used to whatever the structure was in the 80s and 90s and people have just always rotated into that position and they haven't grown the position or, or expanded on what they need to do. So they you go to their action center on their website and it's a statement or it's it's a link where you're emailing one person and it's not even someone who's involved in making a decision on the bill, you know, and, and that's what Charles has brought to the table is he's filled that gap and he, and, and he's really up the bar and set a new standard for, this is how things should be happening for us in order for us to succeed. Yeah. You can't assume somebody else is protecting your rights. Yeah. You can't assume it. Well, it'd be like, Showing showing up to a to a meeting, being like, "Well, I'm X Y Z organization. I represent thirty thousand in membership. Where membership's what fifty dollars a year or whatever, thirty five dollars a year, and that's what we have standing behind us. Well, what the fuck is the membership doing, other yeah. than giving you that thirty five dollars a year? What what are you doing to provide that membership a vessel to get in contact with these people? Because all all your membership." Each one of them should be sending a letter, not yeah. sending a representative to represent the membership. Yeah, yeah it's changing. It's changing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool to see people, you know. Well, it's changing on all fronts. It's changing on the front with everything that's going on with Conservation Direct and how Conservation Direct is kind of 
revamping and, and remodeling what it looks like to being involved in and in part of con- conservation. Yeah. And now it's getting to start changing on the back end where we're actually getting a voice to strike down bills or vote bills in. Yeah. No, it's good to see. It's good to see. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting when people are doing stuff that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You must have a, a giant bladder. You seem to wreck down water after <laughs> yeah, water. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to Yeah, we'll wrap it up, man. Yeah. We'll call it there. We're an hour and 15 in, man. That cool. was a good one. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming down, man. I All appreciate good. it. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.